We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, more Crash and Fourier. On WEEI and streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. What a day yesterday was. And, well, we started with the do you feel better today than you did yesterday? After hearing the uh, the Gerard Mayo press conference, and there are a couple of things that I think you can be persnickety with in the Mayo press conference in terms of offense and things like that. You and I work through those. But to me, the big one is what came out on the uh, interview with Steve Burton on WBZ TV. Because we started the show today, folks, asking the question out of the mouth of Gerard Mayo, knowing the needs of this franchise, how do you take this statement? What position is Gerard Mayo talking about? How excited are you for the draft? You got the third pick in the draft. <laughs> yeah. And now it's on your shoulders. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. What I will say is this. We're going to draft the best player for a position that is very important. You put the pieces together. <laughs> <laughs> you put the pieces together. If he doesn't roll that out, then maybe it's a little open-ended. You're leading us to the quarterback water pond, Gerard Mayo. How do I take that any other way? And it's really funny because fans who are right now in the defend Gerard Mayo mode are of the, well, that could be left tackle. That could be wide receiver. I worry about overdrafting a quarterback that shouldn't be drafted in the top three because you need one. But how in the world do you not listen to that and not think that he is mentioning quarterback? Well, okay, so here's the thing. So we heard it earlier in the show, and uh, Steve didn't ask Gerard who he was taking. He just talked about the draft and how it was cool and you have the number three pick. He didn't say who you think you're going to take. So... Gerard just, you know, offered that, mm -hmm. like, freely. Because, again, we're in the we're different than Bill mode of the organization right now. I would say that it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. It has nothing to do with whether or not they'll be able to get the guy that they want. It also doesn't expose him in any way. It doesn't uh, show his hand. I'll, well, listen, let me, let me finish. You go. There is no – he has no reputation there's nothing that people can look at and say, oh, I see a, I see like a trend here. He's a prone to do this. And, oh, he won't get me this time on this. Oh, he screwed me last time. You have absolutely no idea how it's – they don't know how it's going to work. So the fact that he kind of openly kind of hinted at that uh, they were going to take a quarterback, which is freaking obvious. Like you're not going to surprise anybody. You're going for a quarterback. Um, I think it's fine. Do I think they lose any power, any leverage? No. Absolutely no. they do. No. I just plus, said it. You have plus, no idea. Maybe he's setting Steve Burton up. Interesting. Maybe he's just saying it to be coy. Oh. oh Maybe. So, you so, don't know. How so, would you know? So one way they're so on one way they're either lying to us or another. 
oh, we don't know what's going on. We don't know what kind of offense we want to run. We don't have a general manager, but I'll sit here and coyly tell Steve Burton and lead him to the, oh, yeah, we're going to draft a quarterback. Maybe so, he thought he so, had a gullible interviewer. So there's, so there's <laughs> none of this other stuff going on. Yet, Do you really believe like this is going to hamstring them here, and delay and then cause them well, to not get the right well, guy? Uh, it, it, Honestly. It, no, here's the thing. Could they still end up with, say they fall in love with Jaden Daniels, right? But they can get him at six versus three. Why wouldn't you leave the shroud of mystery out there given the prospects that are in this draft? Every draft is different. And in every draft, there is kind of like the fork in the road or it's sort of that inflection point in the draft. If Caleb Williams and a Drake May, regardless of team, go off the board, right? Now, there's somebody sitting there who's going to definitely want a plug-and-play left tackle or a big-time wide receiver who I think in Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player in the draft. I have a hard time if people know the New England Patriots are going down the road of quarterback that someone sitting there is going to go, nah, I'm not going to call New England. I'll just call Arizona at four to be able to get up because they've already kind of tipped their hand as to sort of what they're going to do. So this isn't about the teams in front of New England. It's about the teams behind New England and being able to move around the board because here's what I don't want. We haven't gone through the evaluation process, and you know this as well as anybody. The quarterbacks get nitpicked, nitpicked, and they start to slide down the board a little bit. We went through this in the Mac Jones draft, did we not? Trevor Lawrence with a bullet number one. We have two guys that could be the number one pick this year. We don't know which one it's going to be. But even in that draft, there was all the positioning that was going on. I got to get here. I got to get there. The Patriots might look at it and say, we're going to fill the quarterback position and we're going to do it in the draft. I don't want them to just say, by God, we're doing it at three, even though we might be able to get a player a little differently. And then why would you box yourself in from acquiring more draft picks? We just went through a whole year where people crapped all over this roster. So why wouldn't you at least just say this? Because it'd be consistent with what was actually uttered in the press conference, too. Would be, I'm just diving into this process. Everything is on the table for us. We have to consider everything and every option. And it's not lying. And you're not tipping your hand. And you're still telling the fans what they might want to hear in terms of quarterback, wide receiver, and tackle but you're not out there blasting it that, hey, we have a gaping hole of quarterback and that's where we're going to go. I just I, I just don't I, – here's the thing. Don't, don't box yourself in. That's my big thing on this. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't draft quarterback. Be a little more coy about this so that you have this massive asset of a pick. And if you're going to trust these people to see things differently, get them more ammunition. And that's, to me, where Mayo kind of jeopardized that a little bit. Uh, from the 857, this one just popped up. I wasn't going to read this one, but I thought it was kind of interesting. Please. Gr All cast, by the way. Mm -hmm. Crash, you don't even know what you want. Never mind the Patriots. I don't know what I want. What do you want, Crash? Here's what I want. Maximum flexibility at number three and not be the dumb, dumb organization 
like we have seen for 25 years where people get dumb, douchey, and desperate. Dumb, douchey, and desperate teams look at someone and say, well, boy, I could probably get that guy 10 and I really like him, but I'm going to draft him at three. Why? Because there's a gaping hole and let's just fill the need versus being about the player. There are multiple needs. They could go in multiple directions, see. But Mayo doesn't let that out if the end game is going to be with the number three pick in the draft. Here's Joe Alt, and people revolt because it's an offensive lineman, God forbid, even though they bitched about the left tackle for 17 I weeks. don't think, first of all, if this was a veteran coach, I would say, you're right. This is this guy needs to shut up, okay? Be coy about it. You know, be be, you know, uh, be honest, but you got to be secretive at the same time, which is kind of a weird, almost like oxymoron in a way. But I would say there's not a GM in the league that looks at what just happened yesterday as an advantage. You know why? The whole situation is too unstable. They're not, they're not set on solid ground yet. Nobody knows what the hell's going on. Nobody has a clue what he's going to do, how they're going to do it, and how they're going to execute it, what their tendencies are. Nobody knows. So normally... Under, the, under other circumstances, he'd be like, you're right. Yeah, I don't know so what this keep, guy's doing. Keep the shroud of mystery. And I would say, and not to cut him some slack, because I do feel like we need to draw a line in the sand okay. when it comes to Mayo. All right. And it needs to be, how much slack do you give him? How many mulligans does he, does he get because he's a first-time head coach? How many times do you think people are going to say, yell, text, twitch, call up and say, you guys aren't giving him a break. He is a first-time head coach. How many times do you think we're, people will say that? Oh, there will be a lot of that. It's it's one of two things. Either people are going to be incredibly patient with it and be like, hey, this is what happens with a first-time head coach. We haven't seen it in 25 years. Or the impatience are going to be like, nah, this ain't going well. Look out. Red alert. All that stuff. See, because I would say the crafts um, are pretty good at what they do. Right, for the most part. They're pretty good at what they do. Look at the the head coaches that before Bill. They're both going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, I mean, what are we doing? Okay? And the and one before that, too. Yeah, and the one before that. So, I mean, what, what are we doing here? So, you would, I would like to give them the benefit of the doubt like they know what they're doing. But I wonder how much patience they need to afford themselves. Because after losing for, so many, for like the four years, three years, like last year was horrible. And dealing with that, like how patient... Do they need to be? Well, if I go by the words of the owner, and if I take them at face value, it is get back to the playoffs and be able to win. But he didn't give a date. He didn't give a date. He didn't give a deadline. However, he should have said eventually. Well, but that's the thing is that uh, where does, I guess, where does Robert Kraft kind of, of land on that? And are we going to be sitting here being like, yeah, six wins is better than last year. There we go, right? I don't think Robert Kraft made this move to be able to say, well, we went from four to six to eight, and now in year three of Mayo, we're very excited. I don't think think that's the thought in his head. And think about it. This division isn't getting any easier. It is not. It's going to be tougher. You're going to have – you're at the bottom of the barrel – the, the Jets, you assume, barring some crazy freakish injury on the opening night of the NFL season with the Jets, Aaron Rodgers is back. That's an eight to nine win team. Just benefit of the doubt him. The Buffalo, not going anywhere. Miami, not going anywhere. So how are you going to compete? 
Are you going to be able to outcoach Mike McDaniel? Are you going to be able to outthink, uh, you know, outfox, uh, you know, Sean McDermott? I would like to think that, you know, Robert Sala is just as, and, and you know, if you put those two in a cage match, I would like to think that, you know, Gerard Mayo oh, would dude, come I out got, as a winner. I got Mayo all day long. It would dude, be like a, Sala, hey, yeah. That guy's an idiot. Well, he's a studio tough guy, too, though. Well, he is there, yeah. all about looks and look at, it's like mass right. and there's real no power there. Yeah, I think McDaniel's a great offensive guy. I don't know if he's a great head coach. I mean, he's got offense locked down pretty good, but in terms of the overall deal, I've uh, on now listen, I know I've been kind of tough on Mayo today and I, you know, the draft stuff, you rarely have a pick this high. Just don't put any intel out there. Don't do anything to jeopardize your ability to maximize okay. it. Is my big thing, but I'll say this, I have much more faith that Gerard Mayo long term will be a better head coach than Robert Sala and Mike McDaniel. Okay, so Robin Glazer, new executive vice president and senior advisor to uh, Gerard Mayo, football ops, all that stuff. She's deeply involved, just hired, announced yesterday. First thing, if I'm her, I go to him and I say, listen, by the way, we don't need to be, we should probably be mindful. You say it in a polite way. should be mindful about giving away too much information. I saw the interview that you did with Steve Burton. Uh, I mean, I know it's probably irrelevant, but let's just be mindful of that in the future, because I do think that those are some of the things that she's going to be involved in. Hey, be careful of this trap door. Hey, listen, I know you have five, and, he, and Mayo's got a family. He's got kids, and he's got a lot of things going on in his life. And now you're the head coach of the New England uh, New England Patriots. There's going to be pitfalls and landmines and every single turn. Somebody's got to be there to point them out. And I think that's a big thing of uh, what Robin Glazier is going to do. Well, and that'll be interesting to see that. And I brought this up earlier. It's interesting that we got that news after the media had kind of pretty much filtered out and trickled out yesterday because there's still a bunch of questions there. And the curious case of Jonathan Kraft and where he has been through all of this. There are now more and more people that are uh, kind of asking uh, those kinds of, of questions like, hey, where is Jonathan in all of this? 617-779-7937. Uh, Joey Tomatoes in the uh, Twitch chat says, Obscure reference when Hayden Fox outsmarted his mentor. The Fox outsmarted the snake. Do you remember that uh, show, Coach, from oh, back loved in the day? It. That was a good show. What is it? Uh, Jerry Van Dyke was in Dauber. that. Yeah, Dauber. Yeah, Dauber. Yeah, Dauber Dobzinski they, they, the, uh, they were the Gophers, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, That's right? That's right. Yeah, I think they gave him like a fake name or whatever. Yeah, but that like was supposed the, to be who they yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I really like his, his wife was older than him in that TV show, and I always had a crush on her. Yeah. A little redhead, curly hair. Oh, I forget her name. I always think it's Marcy she was in, like, Post. She was like in, used to no, be in Night No, she was in Elvis movies. I do remember that. Like, she was like a, a main character in some random, maybe it was a beach blanket bingo. I don't know, some Elvis movie. Where she was like the main love interest. Uh, hang on here, and then I try to. I'm gonna try to go to this. Is it? Uh, was it Shelley Fabrice? I think it was. I know, I oh yeah, see. yeah. She's 79 now, so I would say it was her. <laughs> Definitely like older than. Uh, yeah, older than you think. Yeah, yeah. No, still good looking for her age though. Oh my god, are you kidding me? Yeah, Craig, Craig T. Nelson's Craig T. still Nelson. among us. He's and been on a lot of shows lately. I haven't seen him in a lot. Apparently, he's got a big old mullet or something like that now. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, who would have thought that reference? Anyway, Joey Tomatoes, not a, not a bad reference there. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, more Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. All right, Twitchers, get ready. You're about to get your dose of Andy Hart of WEEI.com, who's with us on the Harbor One Hotline. He was in attendance for uh, yesterday's Gerard Mayo press conference, and uh, you can see him up there now on Twitch. Oh, back to the Clemson I like visor. It. I like it, too. Hart, good afternoon. I know what to expect with the visor. That's right. We all like it when we uh, know what to expect and we get what we expect, right? We oh, like consistency. Oh, I, I, oh, I feel like this is you know already. What? I you know already what this feels like sense snarky heart, and I oh, love it. Well, this feels like a collaborative event right here. Oh, I feel like we're all collaborating. Yes. Are we all in the same we, silo? Well, we, we don't. Hey, we don't like ecosystems. This yeah. is perfect. I'm not sure how much diversity of thought we have right now, but we are three aged white men. But okay, whatever. Actually, Christian, how do you what, see color? Christian, I don't know what the hell you are. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> no, that was... We avoided it all day. Just, not a great just, look yesterday. It's just not man, worth oh it. man. You know, I was glad that uh, Robert Kraft stepped in it because um, that means I'll, in the future, not step in it because... I probably shouldn't admit this, but I didn't really have a problem with what Robert said. But reading Twitter and stuff, I guess yeah. Robert was really offensive. I'm like, huh, note to I, self, I, don't it, say that. It is amazing. Like, I just said one thing, maybe like seven words or something like that. I've never got more yep. likes, uh, retweets, uh, you know, replies. I'm like, I don't even know what's going on. Nope. So I'm going to skate my lane. How about yeah. we talk about football? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about yesterday. What was the vibe like? Uh, the vibe was fresh, I would say. Uh, I thought it was appropriate that they held this in the new, uh, what is it, GP Atrium, I think yeah. it's called. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the re- Chat that- GPT Atrium. <laughs> yes. The uh, Chat that- GPT AI <laughs> Atrium, or nothing is real. The um, That's a beautiful uh, building or addition to Gillette Stadium. Obviously, it's changed the facade. I love the look from the outside. You ride the elevator up the, the uh, lighthouse and go in there. It's just bright, new, fresh. And I thought that was kind of, not to get to you know English class, cheesy but symbolic like this is a fresh bright new start for Patriots football and then you know there were a lot of people there his family I thought it was interesting the scouting department was there organizational people were there watching from the sides Mac Jones I thought was really interesting him being there Um, and then if I could sum up because it was long. I th- it was a little longer than I expected. Um, the the proceedings, I would say, it's quite clear they got their man, and it also seems quite clear that as of right now, they don't really have a plan. So <laughs> that was my takeaway. Yeah, uh, I I came away the uh, the the same way. Who were there from the players' end, Hart? Because it's the one thing I never got nailed down, and like we never got like the camera completely turned around. Yep. We saw Mac come in. I know somebody mentioned Uche was there, but Uche. how many players did you notice that were there for this thing? I didn't notice a ton. Uche was there. Juwan Bentley was there. Joe Cardona was there. Um, there may have been a couple others, so I would say it was a handful of players. Would what I would uh, describe it as. Uh, I I did think it was interesting that Mac was there. Um, and then you know when Gerard's answering questions about or Coach Mayo, I guess I should call him now, um, answering questions about the offense, and it was talking about leadership and and energy, and it's like he's right there. I'm like the guy you're talking about is right <laughs> there. That has been part of that. I don't know if I would have gone actually if I were. Uh, Mac Jones. I, I'm I with you. 
I would have been uncomfortable. Stay, like, he was standing over in Christian, you know, Matt Smith, the yeah, craft sports Yeah, I product. saw it, yeah. He was standing next to him, and it's just, <laughs> it just seemed and felt awkward. And I wouldn't have, I just wouldn't have wanted, and now I guess it's a reminder like, hey, I'm here, hey, I'm putting the time in. You know, coach, I just came up from the weight room where I put on another eight or ten pounds. You know, I'm getting big, I'm getting jacked, I have energy. I just, that was a little weird to me. But overall, um, I did think it was a, a positive energy even you know what made me laugh leaving the woman and i don't want to throw her out a nice lady at the top of the elevator just sort of working there um she goes oh that was nice or something i go yeah that was good she goes it's nice that the, he actually answered questions and i was like oh a oh shot at the yeah former coach from the security lady i'm telling you everybody is uh oh everybody andy hart what are you gonna feel like when they say to you well that's a good question andy is your self-worth gonna go up and nope you're gonna it feel better they, and because it sure feels like a lot of media people are like, wow, he really likes me. Well, I would actually say um, there were smiles, there were jokes, there were words, there were no answers. I didn't hear a lot of answers. I heard like bullet points from Corporate Culture 101, something. I feel like everything Gerard said, we could get in our email at some point. Hey, uh, this is from Odyssey. <laughs> we need you to we need you to read this, or we need you to watch this video. It's or a this training course. module. Absolutely. <laughs> you mentioned it earlier: the silos and the diversity and the this and the that. And you know, in the end, when he goes out there, if he goes out there and does what virtually every other first year Patriot coach has done and wins four or five games, he, he's going to be on the hot seat. No one's going to care that he's funny or nice or smiles. And that's the reality. It's about. Getting players and getting those players to go win football games, whether you're a, a jerk, whether you're a stone face, whether you're young, old, black, white, the whole thing, it will come down to, and you guys know this, what, what record are we talking about next September, October, November, December? That's all that anyone cares about in the end is the record. Okay, so a sneaky like last second, oh, by the way, hey, everybody, uh, we hired Robin Glazier to be the senior advisor. <laughs> I know you know Robin. I know yep. the guys over at Craft Sports know Robin. I know Matt yep. Smith knows her well. Um, explain the reasoning behind this, and what do you really think she will be doing? Well, I think um, based on her title and some of what I've heard, she's basically – um, going to be sort of the liaison between business and ownership and football, and she's the new Bearish, it sounds like to me. She's the new right-hand man for Gerard Mayo. So she's going to have the office right next to him and, like, uh, I don't know. we driving players from the airport I mean, or welcoming well, people? Well, Bearish doesn't do that. No, no, no. no. But... Bearish has a staff that does that. But I think if you want to get to Gerard Mayo, you're probably going through Robin. And if and anything that involves uh, okay. Gerard Mayo. I didn't Mayo, even think about that. Yeah, I I think that, but also she has been, I know people want to paint this like, oh, she's nothing to do with football. She's been involved with um, sort of the bridge between the upstairs and the downstairs for a while, between the team and the league for a while. Um, I can tell you she has been a contact point for the league for a long time with the Patriots. Like if they send out a memo, like a high-level memo, she would be one of the, I don't know, Authors. Handful. No, no, no. I mean, to the team from the league. If yeah. Roger Goodell wants to make a point to all 32 teams, when they email it to the Patriots, she would be on the email list. It would be her, Robert, John, whatever the six or seven important people were, she would be at a high-level um, email chain. So, Well, she's firing out those emails in caps on uh, during Deflategate. So correct. I kind of so, expect that. Correct. Sternly so, worded legal letters. And and she is a legal background person, but she's been mixed into football um, 
sort of the operations end of it for the team for a while. And clearly, I would say based on the the Mayo end, the Bears role type thing, clearly she must have developed a relationship with Gerard Mayo because that person is usually, you know, has a has a track record with the coach. For some reason they're very comfortable with you being the right hand woman in this case. It was like you probably you guys don't remember this, but Aaron O'Brien went with Mangini to Cleveland from the Patriots when he left. Um or the uh, Jets, excuse me, when he went to the Jets. And she was like a PR person who ha- he had gotten very comfortable knowing and he brought her to the Jets to be his Bears. So everybody has a Bears, but sounds like she might be the Bears plus something. I would say that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would uh I would uh, I'm I'm with that as well. A uh, heart uh Forey and I were talking about this earlier. What are the musts for Gerard Mayo on his staff? What do you mean? Uh, so, like, Fourier uh, suggested sort of his Ernie Adams to help manage the game. I- I'm kind of tied in with him in a, I want an offensive coordinator that's been a head coach because I think on that side of the ball, you have a little more complex problems to solve with timeouts, clock timing, things like that versus on, say, the defensive side. And if we have seen one bugaboo for a lot of first-year head coaches, managing clock, timeouts, things mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff, just in terms of do you need head coaches on staff? Do you need a different voice on special teams? Or if Matt Slater says, hey, Gerard, I'll coach for you, do you give someone something like that to try to keep the culture going? Yeah, well, I would agree with the word that Gerard used, diversity. I think you do need some diversity, and I don't mean it in terms of race or gender or age, but experiences, input, uh, ability to productively help um, the efforts that are going on because he he admits he has limitations, right? He How many times did he say, like, I'm going to trust the experts? I'm learning here. I'm not going to – I think the weight room's important, but I don't, I, I'm not an expert on squats, so I'll let them decide how much they're squatting in there, which could have been a shot at the old regime and Gerard Mayo. I mean, uh, remember Moses. when there was the – Moses, but also well, he's his still, brother. He's t- yeah, doesn't his Moses brother is work there, in but that his, room too? His brother's the assistant, but remember with Guerrero, there was like, oh, he had people squatting and they didn't want to squat. And then there was even rumors that the punter that went to Miami, he got hurt squatting and there was a whole thing there. I feel like squats could be an important part of the uh, weight training program to do or not to do. But, I, you know, he mentioned experts, and I think he – obviously, offensively, there needs to be um, strong credibility. I don't know if it needs to be a former head coach, but I think there needs to be some credibility because your head coach is a defensive guy. He has been running the defense for years now. Like, there's going to be a certain confidence on that side of the ball, whereas the offense has been a debacle for two plus years now. And you're not an offensive guy. You admit you have limitations. You need experts around you. So, I do think there's that. Yes, I believe he needs now. I don't think it needs to be an old analyst, but do I think he needs somebody or needs to have faith in somebody in the analytics side and sort of the, the clock management, as you said, game management side, somebody on his headset that he can trust? You know, Josh McDaniels and Nick Casario had a great working relationship when they were here because they went back so far and they trusted each other and, and Nick was sort of Josh's eyes in the booth, even though he's the GM, he had that role on game day. I think you have to have some eyes in the sky who is a step back from everything that's going on that can help you. When when it is hitting the fan in terms of timeout and challenges and game management, there can be chaos. And I think you need um, some calm in that chaos up in the booth. So 
who that person is that he would trust. Are they young? Are they old? Are they more analytical side? Are they a former player? I, I have no idea who that would be. But I do think you want to be careful not just having a bunch of young former players. Like, I don't know if you guys followed on um, social media. First couple days, there was like, oh, he liked Dante Hightower. He said he would be a good coach once. Is he going to go get him to coach the linebackers? And James White might be a good running backs coach. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure you want all ex-players that you know are 30-something years old on this staff. I think you need to have a blend, a diversity, as, as Gerard said. So um, I agree with you. We're talking to Andy Hart. And Andy, um, he did say that, you know, referencing, you know, hey, these aren't the coaches that I picked. These aren't my coaches. And we're going to have to vet some of the guys that are already there. You know, how many do you think will really stay? You got the Belichick boys. You got uh, Bill O'Brien. I'm curious, like, how many guys he would retain? Yeah, I I think that is very interesting. Like, a guy like Demarcus Covington, I'm assuming will be back. I mean, he, he's a guy that I would, if Steve isn't here, if Steve goes to Atlanta with Bill, um, I think DeMarcus Covington would be the defensive coordinator based on what he's done in recent years, their relationship, everything. So he's a guy that I think um, will be back. I think there's a lot of questions on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to guess Clem is not back. I'm going to guess that uh, Troy Brown is not back, even though Troy is representing them at the Senior Bowl as the offensive coordinator for one of the teams. Um I'm interested in that because I know the the receivers haven't developed. Like that's been a a weird area in recent years. And I know we all love Troy Brown as as a guy. Ooh, as that'd a be imagine that conversation, Andy. Hey Awkward. Troy, best friend, buddy. Hey, see you all over the place. Uh, yep. I'm gonna have to let you go. Yeah, but like those Mr. Are... Patriot, bingo. I got bingo. Yeah, but in that's you know you want the job, you want the paycheck, you want the authority. It's not all just you know screwing around with the owner at a podium calling him thunder like sometimes you're gonna have to fire people sometimes you're gonna have to make tough decisions um but i think there could be a lot of changes on the offensive staff and the defensive staff i think will be basically be based on who goes with bill to atlanta if you know there's already been that report that they've been offered to stay here i would advise them to stay here personally if i were their attorney or their agent go you know start to stand on your own two feet new england uh with gerard mayo and have your role with that defense that continues but my guess is it'll be about 50-50. My guess is you'll see about half the staff back and half the staff leave. Uh, Hart, I've, I've, I've... By the way, we also have to ask who the that? rat is, don't we? Oh, I think I know. Yeah. Okay. So Text do me. tell. Text me and I'll tell you. Yeah. yeah. It'd be more entertaining if you just tell uh, me. Uh, <laughs> we kind of already talked about it. I'm feel, feeling a little guilty, but I think I know exactly who it is. Yeah, I think uh, the deeper you dig in the organization, the more you find the squawkers. Yeah. That's just my guess. But, Hart, I had an issue with the, the way Mayo handled that interview with uh, Steve Burton and the oh. way he answered the draft question. No, from this standpoint... Number one, you let everybody to think quarterback in the answer. So there's did that. You? Did yeah, you? he did. Yes, he did. Come on, the whole I don't know. Are, are modern you, football tackle and wide receiver are pretty important too. Uh, yeah, and if he did the yeah, connect the dots or take that how you wish or whatever, and it's here's Joe Alt with the number three pick. People will lose their minds, uh, and maybe even the owner who feels like he's doing a lot of his, I'm taking back my organization. Here's my thing, Hart. Number one, don't box yourself into overdrafting somebody at number three because you're desperate. Desperate organizations do desperate things, and they make bad picks along the way. But also, it's the number three pick. 
No one knows what this group is thinking, doing, or capable of even. So keep the shroud of secrecy to even slide up, God forbid, or down a spot or two or three and still get your guy. And don't just say, even though there are better players on the board, by God, I'm drafting a position at number three. I felt like Mayo kind of walked us towards the quarterback water. Yeah, I a lot of people took it that way. I did not. I thought way too much was made of that, and that is the modern culture. This, to me, was the version of, like, somebody retweeted something, and that means they hate their organization, they want a trade, they want this. They like We read, like, 17 layers into that. I thought he was being playfully fun. He knows, and, and first of all, he also said something obvious. You're not going to take a position that isn't valuable at number three. Correct. Right? Like, like you're not going to. You're right. just not going to do it. A middle line, and they're not available. I mean, I'm going to give draft experts the benefit of the doubt at this point, and usually by now we know kind of what's available. Well, there's quarterbacks, wide receivers, tackles, maybe an edge. All three, all four of those positions are really important. We haven't heard about a corner like last year, the kid that went to Seattle that was, oh, he might have a top five pick. So there's basically four spots that are going to go in the early part of the draft. They are four of the most premier positions in the sport of football. Just look at the paychecks and how the game is played now. Um, so I didn't I didn't really think he tipped his hand. A lot of people were like, oh, just guaranteed, lock it in, three straight quarterbacks to start the draft. I didn't really take it that way. And I wouldn't hold him to anything he said in a sit-down interview that was his 20th interview of the day with Steve Burton in the GP atrium. Like, conditions on the ground are going to change. He's getting more information. Guys are going to, you know, get hurt at the combine. This so that, look, I think we have fun with it. It's what we should do. You do daily radio. I do daily podcasts. We should talk about it and fluff it, whatever. I didn't. Re- I thought it wasn't really that big a deal. Yeah, I thought it was a curious answer considering there's no GM. How would how would he know where there could even be a lean unless the owner see, is like, in? See, you're in my thing. I'm with you, Hart. He's overthinking it. He's overanalyzing it. And yeah. I would say it's this is a nothing burger, nothing. Yeah. And he again, no tendencies, no reputation for doing anything. Who hell? Who the hell would like use that one clip as an identifier? Right. And, and this is not Nick Saban saying I am not going to Alabama. And then the next, like. No, no, no. Gerard didn't really say anything. Now, I do find the interesting part of what are we doing with that pick in terms of who's making it? Robert said they would assign somebody, but right now they're evaluating the people that are there, but they're also going to start interviewing some people. I thought that one of the big takeaways yesterday was an inconsistency. So Robert fell in love with Gerard, mm-hmm. maybe on an Israel trip in 2019, as far back as that. <laughs> it's and like said spring he's break, 89, right. baby. Right. He found out, like, that's my guy. Yeah. Um, but... Or even more locally, like last year, they put it in writing in the contract. But then, why hasn't why doesn't he have a better assessment of Matt Grow and Elliot Wolf and all these? They're like, you know, they learned under Belichick, and now we're going to observe them. Well, how are you going to observe them? You're like, you either need to let them do their thing, which means you could ruin one of the worst, most important off seasons in Patriots history because you got to let them make decisions on franchise tags, free agency, and the draft, or you kind of know that they're not the ones, or you know Elliot Wolf is the one. Like, there's an inconsistency here with how uh, definitive he was about Gerard Mayo for so long that he's my next guy and I'm going with my gut. Feels like he doesn't have a strong gut feeling for any of these other guys. So isn't that the answer? You don't have a guy? If you don't feel strongly enough to say Elliot Wolf is the damn man now, 
then he's probably not the damn man and you need to find somebody. There's there's a weird inconsistency behind the scenes here. Which is leading to all the questions about where was Jonathan Kraft and then uh, now we have, uh, who is it here, Robin Glazer in the yep. uh, mix as well. And, uh, yeah, and again, even Mayo, I, I thought Mayo should have just said, listen, we're just getting into the process. You heard Robert Kraft. We don't even have anybody in the chair for crying out loud. So, again, it makes me wonder how much Robert was talking, or excuse me, how much Mayo was talking to Thunder about how much lightning they're going to make in the draft. Well, and and the other thing I think we all need to remember is, in a way, we're like, you guys are getting behind. You don't have a GM. We don't know who's making decisions. You don't have a plan. Free agency. They're actually ahead of the curve. Of all the teams that canned their coaches, they're the only one that's hired anybody right now and held this press conference, right? Washington did it in the more traditional sense where they hired the president, then Adam Peters. Now they're going to hire their coach. But a lot of other decisions are still being made. So it's it's hard to say they're behind in the process right now when they actually might be ahead of the other quarter of the league that's in a massive transition this offseason, but well, that makes did you me like feel, the Thunder? Yeah, that makes me feel better. They might be in better position than the Panthers. Hot damn. Yeah, but I'm not sure they're in better position than Washington. Do you like Washington's offseason better or the Patriots? Mm. Well, the Patriots right now. Yeah, the Patriots stand, right the now, Patriots. Yeah. yeah. I'm not so sure about you that. You like Adam kind of, Peters. He's a, he's a big Peters guy. You're a big Peters guy. Anything involving I am Washington. a big Peters guy. You're a big, I am you a like big, big Peters, Peters guy. guy. I heard you and Keith talking about big Peters. <laughs> you guys are both I'm big Peters guys. Big yep. Peters guys, aren't we all? Oh, man. We love our guy. Andy Hart of WEEI.com. Hart, thank you, buddy. We appreciate you. We'll See talk ya. to you soon. There we Tip go. of the visor to you, Fetters. Tip of the visor to you. All right. Coming up. Uh, big deal, no big deal. Do you like whiny, bitchy, entitled, blue blood college coaches that can't take an L like a grown-up? Well, then, big deal, no big deal is perfect for you. Next. Remember, you can listen to WEEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEEI. Now, more of Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. All right, big deal, no big deal. So you heard Gresh before we broke. Uh, do you like whiny, bitchy, entitled, blue blood college coaches that can't take an L like a grown-up, Gresh? Well, how about some uh, Big 12 basketball, UCF versus Texas? So UCF beat Texas uh, last night, 77-71. Okay. Well, that's not the story. During the handshake line when the game was over, the UCF players were going through the line and doing the whole horns down symbol, which is an obvious disrespectful (laughs) version of the normal one, which is horns up. Well, uh, UCF's, I'm sorry, Texas's coach, uh, Rodney Terry, didn't quite like it, and he had this to say postgame. You know, I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, you win the right way, you lose the right way, and you know, I always tell my guys, you know, um, whether you win or lose, you win the right way. You lose the right way. You carry yourself the right way. You don't go through the handshake line or proud to get into the handshake line and have about six or seven guys putting the horns down. We don't do that, you know, because when you do those kind of things, it looks very classless, and it also looks like you were just hoping to win. We never go into games trying to hope to win. We go into games expecting to win. So we don't act like that. You know, we expect to win. We don't jump up and down, act like we won a national championship. We sure don't step on anyone's home court deal and act crazy and try to show them up in any way. We don't do that. You know, so that's what I was angry about. And I was letting those guys know, you don't do that. You know, you guys won. Hey, we shake, you know, shake your hand, tip my hat to you. 
but we're not going to let you act that way in our building. You're not going to do that. You're not going to put your horns down and do all that nonsense. Okay, so what you're not seeing as we have it on Twitch, though, is that uh, the head coach of uh, Texas, uh, uh, Rodney Terry, was going through the handshake line and talking to the UCF players, bitching and complaining. So, big deal, no big deal. The losing coach at one of the biggest universities in the nation openly shaming the opponent who just beat him. Uh, it's a big deal. Like, you're Texas. It's going to happen. Like, you're going to get beat, and somebody is going to peacock against you. Here's the thing. If I were the UCF coach and that guy's squawking to my players, I don't care what you're squawking to my players for. Don't bitch at my guys. I'll police my guys. You police your people. So if you don't like the fact that, you know, my UCF team came in and beat you at home and you don't love it, don't tell my players what to do. If I were the head coach, I'd have been standing there beefing at him and been like, listen, I'll I'll deal with my guys. You shut up. Well, so it's interesting you say that because here's UCF's head coach postgame after he heard what was going on. Well, that's that's not the type of program we run. So if I see that, I will be addressing that personally from my standpoint. There you you go. Know, I know Coach Terry. He's a great man. You know, I have a lot of respect for his program. Coach Heath, he and I go way back, you know, coaching against each other in the American. So, you know, you know, we're all about having class as a program. So I'll go back and review what happened. And if there's any action that needs to be taken on my end, you know, from our staff, I will do that. Here's my thing. Mm-hmm. You said it. You're Texas. You're a blue blood. You have more money than God. Yes. Like you, it is. It is. Shut up. It's a big deal Own to it. beat you. Yeah, it's a big deal. And you throw your money around. You brag. Your facilities are like no other. You have tons of fan support. This is part of the reward for beating you. Yeah. Is to m- openly mock you and every single team that plays Texas football, basketball, volleyball. You name it. They all do horns down. Why are Why are they upset? Right. That they're doing it. If uh, if you're going to come into a football stadium or a basketball arena, and when it's all said and done, you're going to do this, and you're going to hold them up, you know, then all right. I like that's I, what people I, are going to use it against you. I'm you with you. See how Miami get upset when people break the U over their knee when they score. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, people get And again, it's the whole protecting the how turf. How about this coach? What is he, who does he think he is trying to openly mock the other players? Coach, this is right. Coach your own goddamn players. Yeah. Don't, I hate when coaches deflecting feel, a loss. I hate when coaches try to feel like they, uh, the players deserve to hear the right message. No, no, no. That's your message, you loser. You lost. Mm-hmm. I would That would drive me nuts. That would be a fight. Your message goes to your players. By the way, did you know that there's a difference in the hand signs of hook'em horns, which is this with the yeah. thumb over, versus this? This was this used... This, like this, was used Dances in... Dances with Wolves. No, well, they used it in uh, pro wrestling for the old NWO. is too sweet, but this is supposed to be the sign of the devil, and this is hook'em horns. That's what I was told. Oh, jeez. Very confused. Mama, if, very I, confused. if I met Mama Fourier and I was like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> She'd throw holy water you on you. You'd be screaming oh, at me. Hey, that would be That's mean. a sign of the devil. You shouldn't even do that. Christian, you're working with a shepherd for the devil. Oh, man. Well, we do. I do have one more, but I feel like we can't get to it unless you really want to. Can we do it quick? All right, listen. So Chandler Jones, for some reason, for some weird reason, is on this weird revenge tour. No, can we push this? You want to push it? Because I don't want to rush it. We're never going to get this in. All right, I didn't think so. You want to do it at the top of the hour and then get back to the Patriots? I I think we can carry over because it does tie into the Patriots. And maybe, just maybe, Fourier, one of the possible choices for Gerard Mayo, an offensive coordinator. 
We'll get to it next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.